Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a belly-up sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, I'm doing good. First episode back in Syracuse. I'm back here for the spring semester, my sophomore year, and... Um, we do have a few news stories in this episode to cover prior to getting into our top 10 center fielders rankings. Uh, LJ, do you want to take it away? Is this these first one or these few that we're talking about actually uh, pretty interesting? Yeah, well, before we get into any updates on the current CBA negotiations, we have something to bring up that's been recently found out about before the CBA ran out. In fact, it appears that the Atlanta Braves and the Oakland A's had talked about Matt Olson being, of course, sent from Oakland to Atlanta prior to the expiration of the collective bargaining agreement, halting all free agency and trade talk in early December. Brandon, this does not bode well for Freddie Freeman returning to Atlanta if they're already looking for op- other options outside of him. You know, we all know that the A's, as soon as this lockout ends, will be selling most of their players. They will be trading away. They they will be in the process of a rebuild. Everyone knows Matt Olson is the guy here, that the main attraction, but the teams that were brought up originally were teams like the Yankees teams that really have a pressing need at first base when the Braves have Freddie Freeman who I ranked the top first baseman coming into 2022 he's been on their team as a franchise guy for 12 years now and the fact that they can't cut a deal with him or weren't close to a deal that they thought that they needed to go out and get Matt Olson scares me and makes it even more likely now that potentially the Los Angeles Dodgers could be going after a Freddie Freeman in free agency. Look, again, we have to remind ourselves, odds are these were just very preliminary discussions, and it's honestly probably smarter for the Braves to have at least touched base and lay the framework out for a potential replacement that keeps them competitive both at the position and within the very competitive National League. I just, again, I've said it before, I don't see how you can screw this up, Freddie Freeman, because 
there really is very little to negotiate about. This has been the centerpiece of your team, your team's leader, your, the guy that the fan base has rallied behind through a lot of bad times. The fact that he wasn't going around asking for a trade, throwing a temper tantrum, a guy of his caliber easily could have done that during those lean years in the mid-2010s when he was there, he was performing, and no one else was. He could have easily done that. He could have easily left after his six years. But he decided to stay. He decided to stay in Atlanta because he loved it. The team needs to meet him halfway here or even less than that because he deserves everything that he's asking for at this point from them. Well, our next story is that the Tampa Bay Rays, if for those of you who have not been uh, following this story over, I guess the past year or so now this has been transpiring, but essentially the Rays had an idea where they wanted to eventually split their season, so their home games, between Tampa Bay, Florida, and Montreal, Canada. Now, before I go too far on that, let's just say the MLB nixed this plan. This will not be happening at any point in the future. But we never really talked about it on this show much. We've talked a lot about the Rays and why they have to do what they do, why they have to do what they do with their roster to be as good as they are now. But LJ, we never really talked specifically about this, I don't think. And I just kind of wanted to get your quick minute or two here on what you originally thought of this idea. Maybe give a little more context for those who don't who aren't entirely sure, but just, yeah, your, your thoughts on this. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess... If I had to say, I never took it that serious, to be honest, because I knew it was just, you know, smart negotiation by the Tampa Rays to be able to, you know, kind of try to push the city to be able to take some of that uh, financial burden that they weren't willing to take in order to get them a new stadium, get them a new stadium in the city rather than in St. Pete like they have been and really bring that team back to life and it's good on them for being willing to follow follow through with it even though i can't imagine they wanted to but if they wanted to this is the single dumbest idea and frankly pathetic from a major league professional franchise i may have ever seen like i I just i don't see how you can think this is a strong way to build a fan base if anything if anything brandon it's making question of whether or not you can even have a fan base. If you have to reach to a completely different market about roughly I'm ballparking it four, four and a half hours away from you north in another country, if that's where you have to go to get more fans, then what does that say about your ability to build a fan base where you are, your ability to actually get the job done of building this business? So it's kind of sad. With that being said, this kind of just popped into my head. I would love to see a team try a traveling franchise at like the AAA level. Can you imagine how interesting it would be if like the AAA team for the Yankees, rather than staying in they're, they're in Scranton, right? Yeah, uh, yes. Um, staying in Scranton all year, they go to, just for my own sake, Albany, they go to Oklahoma City, they go to um, – I don't know, you name any other Nashville, big market, bigger markets that don't have a professional team. So like that's, that, that's the closest I could take to making a traveling team serious. I don't know the financials of that. A lot would be, have to be given by those teams in order to get it. But that's as far as I would ever consider going with a traveling team. Well, LJ, speaking of AAA teams, I'm not sure if you saw this, and this is a little – this is not – uh, what we had scheduled to talk about, but I just r- remembered that this is a pretty recent news story. LJ, I'm not sure if you saw, but it was announced that Triple A baseball will be using uh, auto strike zones. Some teams, I'm not sure exactly if I can figure it out here, um, which specific teams or which Triple A league, but 
This says the league is looking to hire workers to help run the system for 13 AAA teams, including the L.A. Dodgers affiliate in Oklahoma City. Uh, we saw automatic strike zones in the single A Atlantic League in 2021. LJ, uh, thoughts on him moving up to AAA now? I've given up my fight against this. All I'm going to say is they need to just, you know, keep expanding it and expand it rapidly. The worst mistake I think we've made in college and professional sports is that when we embrace this technology, we're not going all the way so that everything can be fair. Either make all of it fair or none of it fair. And that will make me happy. But I mean, after especially Brandon in the playoffs alone, which I mean, not only is that it's the time everything's most scrutinized and every single play is important. So yes, you're going to have more times that are going to feel bigger, but the amount of days we got on here completely disgusted with the goings on of the crews that were there overall, the strike zones we had nights of, there was just across the board. The umpires were poor this year. And I think a whole overhaul of how the game is being officiated might be in order and it might be the best way to ensure this. All right. One last thing, just a quick note. Today is January 24th. The MLB owners and the Players Association are meeting once again to discuss, quote, core economic proposal core economics proposal excuse me uh yeah that's all we know uh i wouldn't expect anything yet it's too early so i think the the key word that we haven't really talked about is core economic economic proposal for starters that is the core like the very baseline structures the hard the, the number one things how the revenue is split up. We have had, that is what the lockout has turned to. We don't even care about anything else. Now we're arguing is how should $6 billion get split up? That, and that isn't the only economic thing that needs to be discussed between these two teams or these two sides. And so that's just the economic side. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that also has to be agreed on. We haven't come close to working on half of the baseline we haven't come close to getting an agreement on half of the baseline yet we are almost in february pitchers and catchers are supposed to report i believe as early as like february 12th february 13th something around then um that is not happening no no shot well all right on to our top 10 center fielders me and lj realized prior to recording this episode that we had been kind of doing the these rankings lists wrong where we would both give our personal top 10s and then at the end we would give you our composite top 10. We decided now we're just going to go through our composite top 10 is that way we don't have to talk about the same players uh, twice. Yeah, and again, no, none of the content is going to necessarily change no. We've just been doing it in the hardest way possible. <laughs> well, we have, between the two of us, we only had one different player in between the two lists, am I right? So it was 11 total? Yes. 11, 11 players total. total. And um, LJ, do you want to start us off with uh, yes. number 11? Number 11 was my one difference here. He came in number eighth on my list, and that is the Boston Red Sox, Kike Hernandez. I honestly just – I couldn't keep him off this list with the amount of value that you saw out of him over this season. I mean, defensively, he, he was able to develop into a star. Offensively, he was very solid. Honestly, if it weren't for a couple of those cold stretches, I mean, those, those moments when particularly in late May – when you're questioning why on earth is this person being put anywhere near the leadoff spot, the times that we end up starting to uh, hand Danny Santana the leadoff spot instead of him just to try to get something else. There were a lot of lean times for Kike this year, but outside of that, 
it went very well to get him to a 107 OPS plus. The thing I like about him is the fact that this is his really, really his first chance to be a critical player, to be a guy who is a staple of the lineup, a staple at his position. Being a super utility player for the Dodgers means no one remembers you and you're not going to get nearly the same opportunities of even other super utility players at other teams because there's so many super utility players that they run out there with the Dodgers, so many names to remember. So in his first year where he got the spotlight of an everyday position, he took off and ran with it. I think as long as the Red Sox are smart about making sure he stays in the lineup now that they've added a couple outfielders, he should end up being very successful in the next couple of years. Yeah, and especially with him, sure, he has arguably his best season of his entire career in the regular season. Him in the playoffs this year was on another level. I mean, it was unreal, especially against Tampa. I mean, the the impact that he had on that series alone was outstanding. And not even to mention, sure, he was really good against the Astros too but the Red Sox just got beat by the better team in that series against the Rays this guy was almost carrying that lineup in some of those games when you were putting up a lot of runs he was the catalyst and to see a guy be not only be good in the regular season the whole way through but then go off in the playoffs that's the kind of player that you want on your team absolutely and just to keep you put these numbers kind of a good reference in terms of the benefit he got from going to leaving LA his best season with the Dodgers was 2018 he got into 145 games uh 462 played appearances in that so again very a lot less starts he gets a three 3.5 war on the year this season 134 games so less games 585 plate appearances, over 100 more plate appearances this year. He was able to get with them. That resulted in a 1.4 increase from his best year. That's not even from his last year. So there is, I really do believe there's a bright future for Kike in these next couple of years while he's still in his prime. All right. Well, we have a tie for the ninth spot, but the first player we're going to talk about is Cody Bellinger of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I had him ranked number nine on my list, and so did LJ. Uh, And Cody Bellinger is very similar to uh, Christian Yelich in the fact where the guy put up an unbelievable season in 2019. 2020 was he was a little off, but it was only a 56 game, or he only played a 56 out of the 60 games. You know, you can make excuses for a lot of the 2020 season. 2021, not only was the guy injured, but when he was playing, he was negative value to the team pretty much every game. It was it was rough to watch him hit, but. I refuse to think that a guy with this talent and a guy who hits as many fly balls as he does and who, with his approach to the plate, I find it hard to think that he's going to have a Baltimore Orioles Chris Chris Davis fall off where he just is unable to hit for power anymore. I'm actually a little more worried about this guy than you are just because of the comparison that we keep making in our heads between Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger. The reason that's so different is because of the trajectory of their careers before this. Granted, Yelich is older now, which doesn't help his case as much, but he had a stretch throughout the majority of his career where even though he wasn't MVP caliber, he wasn't the top guy on his team, he was an all-star caliber player or sub-all-star. He was going to provide really solid value to you. So you knew, you know that that should theoretically be the baseline. Like if he's going to really fall back, 
and just be a normal player. That's where normal is for him. Cody Bellinger, on the other hand, we watched him come out like gangbusters. His first three seasons were, um, hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. He had a 144 OPS plus over his first three seasons, including 111 home runs. And then to fall off in the way that he has over the last two years, including a slash line of 165, 240, 302 in this last season. I don't, I don't know where he has, where the happy medium is for him, if there is a happy medium. For all we know, he may have just, just flamed out early. I just, I'm more worried about him getting back on track because I haven't seen as large a sample size of what mediocre looks like for him. All right. The next guy we're going to talk about also tied for ninth. He came in at number eight on my list and number 10 on LJ's list. It is Kevin Kiermeyer of the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, if you were just looking at batting stats, you're going to be saying, Brandon and LJ, what are you doing putting this guy on this list? And then you look at his fielding stats and his war numbers. And it's like Kevin Kiermeyer has put up 30.7 career war in nine seasons. The defensive production out of this guy is similar to Angelton Simmons, where you're getting ridiculous just value in the outfield, especially in, in a spot like center field. And, I mean, look at some of the seasons that he's had where he's only played less than 100 games. 2017, he plays 98 games, 4.8 war. 2018, 88 games, 2.3 war. If this guy could stay healthy and play more than 120 games in a season. I mean, we're putting him in the top five solely based on his defense. And not only that, I mean, he can still hit a little too. Don't take everything away from his hitting. Sure, the power is gone and he hits a lot more for average now. But, I mean, just a guy who I think is criminally underrated. And if the Yankees chose him to fill that, to fill their center field spot, I would not be mad in the slightest. I think the reason that we're talking about him being so underrated is really just overall how good the 2010s felt like they were in center field. This man has, I believe, is he three gold gloves? Yes. He's three gold gold gloves and a platinum glove. Should have more than three, we should say. You would would think he should have... um, You would think he, he should have more than three, right? But that's without even consulting the list of incredible center fielders that he has to contend with over this time. I mean, we're talking um, Jackie Bradley, Manny Margot, Billy Hamilton, Adam Engel, Lorenzo Kane, Adam Jones. Adam Jones. Over his career, there are some really talented center fielders. Andrew McCutcheon. That have been going. Yes. (laughs) Andrew McCutcheon. my, My gosh. Um, didn't even say, can't believe he did not cross my mind there. There, there is just such, there was such a strong decade for center field. I think that he's going to go underrated because there is like five guys a year that legitimately deserve the gold glove. I mean, I remember was his last one was 2019 or 2018. It was 2019. 2019. Yeah. That one, I remember being pissed because after watching the season that Jackie Bradley had, I could not fathom him not getting the gold glove. But when you look at the numbers, you see how many guys were close every single year that you could rightfully be mad about multiple guys each year for center field. All right, moving on. Coming in at number eight on the list, we've got Cedric Mullins. He was my number 10 center fielder, LJ's number seven center fielder and uh lj i'll let you take the lead on on uh, cedric mullins cedric mullins talk about um 
most underrated players of the year just because of his of last year just because of his team look I did not look at him very highly just because I don't think his impact mattered much just because his team was so bad if you're not if you're if your great impact isn't translating to wins it doesn't mean as much to me but that shouldn't necessarily begrudge him from the fact that he had a 5.7 war season that last year this is after coming off of a improving 2020 which again short this is the first time actually frankly if i'm correct this is the first time he's played more than 50 games in his career and he finishes ninth in mvp voting talk about a bright future ahead for cedric mullins whether he stays in baltimore long is of course always questionable with the eternal rebuild that they're going through but I would like to see him succeed for a very long time as well. Cedric Mullins is so interesting to me because he's a relative nobody coming into 2021. People really have no idea who this guy is. And Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. He was a switch-hitting center fielder prior to 2021. And then coming into the season, he chose to only hit left-handed. And you can look at his stats when he was hitting right-handed earlier uh, in his career and his stats were not good he actually hits left-handed pitching better as a lefty than he did when he was hitting as a righty this guy making the change to become a left-handed hitter primarily or only only left-handed hitter has done wonders for him at the plate and his first full season all-star top 10 in mvp voting Silver Slugger Award, not not a bad season uh, for, for him. And a guy I'm excited to watch for the next quite a few years in Baltimore. And they've got a lot of young guys now. Adley Rutschman's going to be coming up. They got some nice pitchers coming up. This could be a team where they are, are really young in a few years, kind of like the Tigers now. And Cedric Mullins could be the face of that team by then. All right, well, now that I have done my one guy off of my list, it's time for Brandon to take his guy off of his list. His ended up being certainly much higher than mine. Brandon, take it away. LJ, coming in at number seven overall, I had him at number four on my list. LJ did not include him at all on his list. It is Cattell Marte of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, His 2019 season was just incredibly impressive. Really came out of nowhere. And this is still a guy that was really young at that point. 2019, while it was his technically his fifth season in the league, it was only his age 25 season. And he really broke out. 330 batting average with a 390 on base percentage, 149 OPS plus. He comes fourth in MVP voting. 2020, he struggles a little bit, only plays in three quarters of the games, 45 of the 60. And, you know, kind of looked like what he did prior to his 2019 season. He comes back in 2020 and he has. A really good season in the games that he plays. 90 games that he played. 
uh, hits 318, 377 on base percentage. This guy draws walks. He's a really athletic, quick center fielder. He can play second base. He can play shortstop, kind of like a Trey Turner light. And I've just always been big on him. I'm interested to see what happens with him in the future. He's a free agent after the 2023 season. Uh, but I think he could still has a lot of potential to be a star. And the production we've seen out of him warranted him being in my top uh, five. Yeah, you see, I just, he never really passed the eye test for me. And so if you're not going to, if you're not going to be one of the first guys I think of to get on this list, then your numbers really need to back up why I'm wrong. And all I see when I look at these numbers is inconsistency. I mean, this was, yes, it's a lot. Of, it, take, it took him a long time to grow. If he's grow, grown to this 140 OPS type player, that's great. And he'll 100% be on this list next year. But after seeing the 2020 numbers and more so, I'm going to draw you to the war. Again, I know all these numbers add up to a million different things depending on how you do them. But 1.8 war over 90 games that's not even an all-star caliber season out of him in terms of from a war standpoint. So that was a big teller in terms of how much his numbers actually did for his team. That ultimately resulted in me keeping him off. All right. Coming in at number six, we've got Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates, just a hidden gem in this league, honestly. Me and LJ both ranked him number six, and I mean, LJ, this is the one guy on the Pirates, along with a key Brian Hayes, that you should care about. Absolutely. This is the one guy that, too, I think he's got, would you say he has a higher ceiling in terms of fan interest than key Brian Hayes? Because the way I see it with the value he's already gotten here, frankly, it's only that it was this year, his second season, third season for, Oh, for uh, key Brian Hayes. No, for Brian Reynolds, his third. All right. Either, either way, that's not, not much of a difference. Um, third season in the league. If this guy keeps, keeps his pace remotely, I think he's going to end up with this next group. That's honestly the reason I ended up, we both had him at six. For me, I just could not justify pushing him ahead of any of the other guys. And there's young guys above him too, but they just have a little bit more of that notoriety, that clout, so to say, um, around them that I think definitely added to, adds to their opinion, adds to the difficulty of the job. But he is on the fast track to be one of the best center fielders in the game. Meanwhile, Brian Hayes is already one of the best defensive center fielders, or ah, defensive third baseman, excuse me, in the league, and yet he's getting no love for it. He's getting no mention for it. So I think the odds are overwhelmingly in Brian Reynolds' favor in terms of being the face of that Pirates franchise, which should be as exciting to him as being top five in his position, which he should should soon be. All right, coming in, we have a tie for fourth place, but first guy we're going to talk about is Luis Robert of the Chicago White Sox. LJ ranked him number three. I ranked him number seven uh, because LJ does have him in his top three. LJ, I'll say this first. If he played full seasons, he's easily top three for me. Oh, he should be easily top three for you. And this is kind of what I meant. This is the exact guy I was talking about in terms of being young as well and being inexperienced in terms of major league seasons. And yet I still hold him a little higher because the expectations for Luis Robert when he came into the league were so much higher than a lot of other guys. He was a true blue chip type prospect when he came in and he hasn't really ever disappointed. I mean, again, 56 games in 2020 for a league average season, 100 OPS plus. I absolutely love that out of a rookie because, I mean, you think about all that he was having to deal with in that year on top of the 
all initial expectations, which were already going to be lofty. I, I can't deny the fact that this guy already has backed up just how good he is multiple times now. And it's only a matter of time until he is breaking out into the MVP conversation at least once or twice a year. All right. Number four, or also tied for number four, we've got Starling Marte, and I actually did look it up. There is no relation whatsoever between Starling and Cattell Marte. Starling Marte is now a member of the New York Mets. He signed a four-year, $78 million contract that runs through the 2025 season. LJ. Starling Marte is a very interesting player because you go to his baseball reference page. LJ, how can we have a guy, how can we say this guy is the tied for the fourth best center fielder in the league when he's never received a single MVP vote? He's only made one all-star game, and it was in 2016, and he's won two gold gloves both in 2015 and 2016, Literally three franchises ago. So, LJ, how can we have this guy so high up? Well, first off, let's talk about, let's harken back to our conversation earlier about the uh, 2015, 2016, really through like 2020 era of center fielders where everyone was underrated because the position was just too deep. That goes into a lot, but it's also we care about um, some of these guys and their value that a lot of people aren't necessarily looking at. For me, my eyes light up when I see 47 stolen bases this year. My eyes light up even more when I see that he had, that's not even the first time he's done this. He did it again back in 2016. This guy is a monster. I mean, we're talking, he probably wins an MVP in one of those years in the seventies. Oh his, yeah. His skill set. Um, talk about a man out of time, but no, I mean, consistently he has had for the most part, a solid enough defensive output offensively. He's almost always going to be above average and he's going to give you that speed that a lot of teams now desperately need. He was a great grab by the Oakland athletics this last season. He, it was a great grab a couple of years ago by Miami when they brought him in. This guy is is definitely a top five player at the position. I don't think anyone can tell you differently unless they're only looking at those those uh, awards. Starling Marte, you mentioned the speed, and he's certainly going to bring a lot of it to the Mets. LJ, from July 2nd through the end of the regular season, he stole 35 of 38 bases. Just ridiculous numbers. Usually what the analytics say is that you need to be stealing bases at about a 75% clip or higher. And just some quick math, 35 divided by 38 is 92% success rate for stolen bases. That's pretty good. So, And this is a guy who is 33 years old, and he's still swiping bags, swiping the most bags in the league. While he can still do it, if I'm him or any of these guys that are up there, because, I mean, keep in mind, 47 stolen bases. I can't remember off the top of my head. Maybe you can, Brandon, who led the league this year. It was him. Was it him? Mm-hmm. It's not showing. Oh, was it not him? Oh. Not it... showing a baseball reference. Um, Hold on. I will check on that while I'm trying to make my point. But, yeah, if I'm his new manager or any of these guys towards the top, of this hold on i just got it uh, it is him it is him it's so i think it doesn't oh. show in italics or bold on his page because, because he played for both an american and national league team so technically he didn't lead either the al or the nl in stolen bases got you okay either way leads the league this year whit merrifield is another guy i i stand by this with if i'm his manager I want him stealing so much more than he already is. This season alone, it was he was 
uh, 47 and five on stolen bases, base attempts. So 47 out of 52 bags. You need to get that above, like, I mean, I'm, this is throwing up a big number, but just for the heck of it, 70, like significantly increase his stolen bases, as many opportunities as possible, because I don't think teams really know how to deal with a guy like that anymore. Like back in the day, a lot more pitchers were a lot more poised when, when working with a guy that they knew was going to try to steal a base. Same thing with catchers. Now it's becoming such a lost art that I think the more you do it as a player, the more success you can have. Let's see him get over 50 stolen bases next year. All right. Number three on the list, we've got George Springer of the Toronto Blue Jays. I ranked him number two. LJ ranked him number seven, or excuse me, number four. And the thing with George Springer is that his 2021 season, his what he did in, in 78 games is pretty much what we're used to seeing out of George Springer. Had we seen it over a full season, I, I just wonder what this Blue Jays team, how many more games they would have won. I mean, he hit 22 homers in 78 games, over a 900 OPS. You know, he's going to give you good center field play. And I think the biggest problem is really LJ since 2019 is trying to get this guy to put together a full season. If if he's healthy, it just makes the Blue Jays so much more dangerous. And when they were really going on their good stretches this year, when we thought that they were a potentially deep playoff team, it was because of what George Springer does at the top of the lineup. He gets on base. He makes it so that other players have to see good pitches and so consistent. Has really never had a down year in his entire career. If he gets healthy, this team is some pitching away from being a World Series contender. That's how scary this lineup is. And again, we don't 100% know. I feel very confident that Vladi is going to continue doing what he did this year. But if he doesn't, if he drops off a little bit from that, George Springer is definitely going to be the scariest piece of this lineup once again, just as everybody thought he would be when he got here. I think if you're George Springer, you have to uh, be very thankful for where you chose to play because there was a lot of other – he certainly had other options. And with the exception of Houston – and Toronto, I don't think any of them would have been as accepting and friendly of how little contribution he ended up having on this team because of his injuries. Now he's got a chance to go out and prove to them exactly why they were patient with him. Definitely definitely, no way that you could ever, I don't think, even with health concerns though, I don't think you could possibly take the greatest UConn Husky ever out of the top five with the performances he's putting up while he's in. It's your guy. We forgot that you stand all UConn baseball players. LJ, thoughts on Matt Barnes and Nick Ahmed? Those are two UConn guys, huh? What about Anthony K? Always feel bad shelling him. Anthony K, really? Wow. Interesting. I didn't know that. Good to know. All right. Number two, it's Byron Buxton of the Minnesota Twins. A guy who just got the bag. He got paid seven years, $100 million, signed through 2028. Uh, Byron Buxton has been one of the highest regarded players since he was in the minor leagues. He was the number one prospect for quite some time. Always had a lot of hype around him. Yet another guy who struggles playing games consistently. I mean... This has to be the largest contract a center fielder's ever gotten for only playing 493 games. It's it's actually crazy. He averages 70 games a year, yet the production that we've seen out of him the last few years, he's really turned a corner. And I feel like this is 
How many times have I said it on this list? If they can just stay healthy, especially Byron Buxton, LJ, especially Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton is the most upsetting one of the whole group because he was so good at the beginning and he was still just as good when he came back for that little stretch there. He, if he gets, stays healthy for an entire season, he's winning at least one MVP. Honestly, this would have been without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, the greatest MVP race of all time had everyone stayed healthy. Trout, Buxton, Otani. Can you imagine Trout, Buxton, Otani? I don't even think you – Vladdy doesn't get a sniff for (laughs) MVP conversation having the same exact year if those three had stayed healthy or those two had stayed healthy. Yeah. You're you're right, man. It's – and especially watching Byron Buxton play, you can tell, LJ, he's the one guy where the grade on the eye test has to be exceptionally high, yes? Yes, absolutely. It's high, and it's so good to see the numbers start to match the eye test. I mean, you remember hearing all of that time, um, especially like like the first couple of years of his career, where he was this big, strong, athletic monster, but the offensive numbers just weren't there. Minnesota fans were starting to get, really get frustrated, but now he's really starting to show you what he might be able to do if he can just stay in it. Again, I stand by. It was a very fair take going into the season. The If Jose Barrios and Byron Buxton do what they should be able to do based on their talent level, then that team was going to go places. They did it. That was a fair take at the beginning. They did exactly what they needed, and that team crumbled around them. I feel awful for it, but like they couldn't have played. Neither of them could play any better in that early stretch while they were still competitive. All right, number one, we won't spend very too much uh, too much time on this one. It's Mike Trout, the Los Angeles Angels, still the best player in baseball on track to be one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And there's really not much more to say. 2021 was the first year of Trout's career where he missed significant time during the season. First year ever not playing more than 120 or 110 games in a 162-game season. Guy still made the all-star game. He only played 36 games. Uh, Other than that, you know, there's just not much to say. When this guy's locked in, every at-bat is is must-watch. I personally have the thing enabled on my phone. Every time Mike Trout's uh, hitting, I get an alert. I usually go on, if I'm not watching the Angels game, which more than likely I'm not, I'll go on my phone. I don't blame you. Yeah, watch the (laughs) pitch-by-pitch. on the app it's just because at any given moment this guy is so dangerous you look at the home run numbers you look at the walk numbers it's the closest thing to barry bonds that we've seen since barry bonds and it's it's truly incredible that we get to watch this guy uh it went betty white sliced bread barry bonds mike trout now can we see what a fully healthy Angels team does for a year with Rendon? Hey, Tony! Otani and Trout. They will be they will be the runner up for that wild card, man. I don't know what to tell you. But um And Jared Walsh, he can have his 30 homer, 100 RBI season and just be that first baseman. I just get so nervous when I see a 36 game season from Trout. I don't, th- I certainly doubt that this is going to be a lingering issue that's going to end up becoming more of an occurrence in his early 30s, where all of a sudden he starts start to consistently miss time. I really hope it won't because we're talking about historic pace. The guy's 29, he's, at, he's already at a 76 war. I mean, it's more than are- Derek Jeter, by the way. We are talking about, yeah, I mean, if we're comparing him with the greatest second baseman of all time that's already, and he's only 29, then that is a 
huge honor for him. But yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy who could definitely be up there with all of the best, all of the greats, but he has to be able to stay healthy to be able to do it. That's how all of them did it by playing a lot of games. Absolutely right. And when he's playing, uh, baseball is in great hands. And I can't wait to see what he brings to us the next time we have MLB games. But that is going to wrap it up. Actually, let's run through the list one last time. At number 11, Kike Hernandez. Tied for ninth, Cody Bellinger and Kevin Kiermeyer. At number 8, Cedric Mullins. 7, Cattell Marte. 6, Brian Reynolds. Tied for 4th, Luis Robert and Starling Marte. Number 3, George Springer. Number 2, Byron Buxton. And your number 1 center fielder heading into 2022, Mike Trout. All right. We'll see you guys. Have a good one. We'll be back next week. LJ and I have some special things planned. We promise. The thing is, once we get through all the top 10 rankings and we actually know when baseball will be on, we can better elaborate on these plans. But we're excited for what the next few months have to bring for us and the show. We'll see you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.